The following is a hoop bowl presentation. What is going on? It is the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. The LA Clippers are back into the win column. A seven-point victory over Minnesota last night. Kawhi Leonard, 36 points. Lou Williams continues to shine as he was tremendous off the bench with 27 in 29 minutes as the Clippers beat the Minnesota Timberwolves after Carl Anthony Towns makes his long-awaited return after battling with COVID-19. Great to see him back because, man, he has been through the ringer with family passing away because of COVID, and now he, with pre-existing conditions, having to deal with COVID. He said there were some nights that were real bad. And so he got treatment that he said he felt fortunate to get and felt bad that he was getting and other people couldn't. So glad to see him back and on the floor as he was able to give the Minnesota Timberwolves 31 minutes and didn't shoot all that well, but great to see him back. I mean, he was 8 of 15, normally a guy that shoots over 50%, um, 18 points, 10 rebounds. So good to see him back on the floor as the Clippers pick up a seven-point win. And once again, Kawhi needed to carry the load with no PG. Lou Williams, again, was right there. Tremendous fourth quarter once again. And the Clippers had that all-around balanced effort. So good to see them pick up that W. As they need to get back in the win column after losing two in a row. It was the first time they had lost two in a row all season, losing to Boston and Sacramento. And you heard Justin Wilson on the show on Sunday. If you haven't listened to that one, I do recommend going back. Because we had a good breakdown of what's going on with the Clippers. And it really does not matter if you listen to it now versus a couple of days ago. Because the content still is very relevant and that includes Lou Williams possibly starting Justin made a case for that um, and also he we talked about Zoo versus Ibaka so some good content there so I do recommend going back and listening to that one with Justin Wilson of LA Clippers film today we're gonna have Miriam Swanson of the OC Register on the podcast so the second time she returns and we'll chat about that game yesterday we'll talk about what Pat Beverly means to the Clippers as he was back and clearly great to see him as he really is the leader of this team. And you heard it after the game with Ty Lu. You heard it with Pat Bev. So good to see him back. Um, we'll also chat about Lou Williams and his last couple of games where he has been really strong. And we'll talk a little bit about Terrence Mann and Pat Beverly and their relationship. And also a little adjustment that Ty Lu made with Nick Batum. So lots to look forward to on this podcast. I really think you will enjoy it. Now, before we get there with Miriam, I need to pause the show for an announcement. It's a fun one. It's free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. What's that stuff, you may ask? The Bruise Letter is back. Back and fresh for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Brewski, writes an email newsletter filled with his most intimate fantasy nuggets. Exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else. Not on the website, not on any podcast, not on social media. Only in the email newsletter. You can sign up to get it for free. Just go to bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021. Sign up in 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021. Aaron Brewski, straight to your inbox. And of course, fantasy season. Of course, we are in full swing there. And you've got yourself a good team. Thanks to that Brewski 150. How do you maintain that? You get the fantasy pass, folks. It's the best deal in the industry at just $4.99 per month. And now that we're into the regular season, zero commitment. Sign up for one month one month for 5 bucks. You don't like it? You can cancel. We know you'll love it, though. But it's always nice to have that option. What is in 
that fantasy pass, you may ask. Of course, updating projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule and streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest and coolest feature, the HoopBall Discord server. You can all hang out with HoopBall pros around the clock, get one-on-one help with your team. Please do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall. That's hoop-ball.com. Click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall. All right, enough of me. Let's chat some Clippers basketball. The win over the Minnesota Timberwolves will bring in Miriam Swanson. All right, back on the Hoopball Clippers podcast. You read her at the OC Register. Does a great job covering the Clippers and continues to work hard to give you the coverage that you need and deserve. It's Miriam Swanson. Miriam, welcome back on the Hoopball Clippers podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. And I'm glad we're doing this after a win, after two losses. We were starting to wonder if the Clippers could get back into the win column without Paul George, and they did last night in Minnesota. I thought, all right, well, things couldn't be any better when you have a Minnesota team that has been struggling, and then all of a sudden you pop up and see that Carl Anthony Towns is back in the lineup, and frankly, I'm thrilled to see him back on the court. So take basketball and the competitive side on the court, just throw that out the window because of all the things that he dealt with. What were your thoughts when you saw that he was playing? Um, yeah, I mean, like you and, and everyone else, I mean, your heart goes out to to Cat for for all that he's had to endure in those last few months. I mean, it's been horrible, um, and for him to have to fight through his own, you know, health issues with COVID is like really rough. Um, so I, I'm sure, you know, like as Pat Beverly mentioned last night, um, I'm sure for him, like it is for for most players, you know, the the court is sort of a sanctuary. So hopefully. He was able to play and and uh, get get that you know that that feeling of of joy and comfort and that that only the game can give you. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about what happened on the floor. The Clippers, like I said, had come in losing two in a row, and they had gone through a long stretch where they hadn't lost back to back games. But they get back in the win column, and a big part of that was getting Patrick Beverly back on the floor. We had talked at nauseum over the last couple of months that really the three most important players for the Clippers were Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, which everybody knew and Pat Beverly. I think Fox Sports West posted a stat yesterday that said that Pat Bev, the, with the record the record with the Clippers, when he is in the lineup, 98-47. and 47. So that is 50 games over 500. Without yeah. him, 16-18, and 18, two games under. So it really showed the importance of what Pat Bev means to the Clippers. What were your initial thoughts of his play? And then we'll go into what he means to the actual team. Yeah, it, it really is remarkable that a guy who can, you know, you know, put up four or six points, you know, in the, in the scoring column can have that much of an impact. But I mean, he, he he on the court looked spry and healthy and unbothered by anything like, you know, Pat Beverly at his best. Um, you know, he was active defensively and hounding guys, sometimes overhounding them. <laughs> you know, he was, you know, fighting for rebounds, fighting for loose balls, you know, making timely strips, you know, making the right play. Um, all that kind of stuff. So all that stuff just goes so far, um, kind of filling in the gaps, uh, in a game. So it's what he does. It's what he does best. And, uh, what, you know, what every team, every good team needs. And so, yeah, he, he looked fine yesterday. There was some talk uh, a couple, I think it was about a week ago about whether Reggie Jackson maybe will stay in the starting lineup and Pat Beverly would come off the bench. But with Paul George injured, I think that decision was made pretty easily for Ty Lue, that he would just bench Luke Kennard 
and put Pat straight into the starting lineup. He played 18 minutes yesterday. I'm curious your thoughts because there has been this talk of Reggie Jackson um, possibly starting and Pat maybe coming off the bench. I think that's hogwash. I don't think that makes a lot of sense. I think what we saw yesterday was that Pat Beverly is crucial to this team on and off the floor. And on the floor, he just gives this team a certain amount of energy and makes the guys increase their effort by tenfold with him being on the floor. So I think it's critically important for him to be in the starting lineup. What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, actually, I think they should just bench Paul George and put Reggie in. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I mean, obviously, this, this their their lineup with with uh, uh, Pat in there, their starting lineup with Pat in there is, is played so well. You know, I mean, it goes without. Yeah. You know, they've got a like a net rating of 25 plus. So um, you don't really want to mess with that if you don't have to. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, as much as Reggie has, has come through and as, as much of a professional he's been and, you know, as, as wonderful moments as he's had, he's not, you know, he's not Pat Beverly. He's not sort of that glue and he's not, you know, just sort of that motor that makes that, that starting lineup go. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't mess with a good thing. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, Reggie will be happy to fit in where he fits in. Um, and I think Tyloo's doing a great job of sort of navigating all that. And uh, yeah, I, I say, you know, go for it as they're, as they're doing for sure. And so after the game, uh, a lot of talk about Pat Beverly and how he is the emotional leader, holds guys accountable. That's what Ty Lue said. Um, he talked about how they played soft in the first half and then came out stronger in the second half. Uh, the emotional leader thing is interesting to me because the one thing that this Clippers team really seemed like it lacked last year was someone that could hold everybody accountable on the floor. And I know Patrick Beverly was on the team last year. It, it just didn't seem like there was that guy that was the leader on the team. Normally, it's going to be the top player. I mean, you look at the Lakers, it's LeBron James. Mm -hmm. he, he is undoubtedly mm -hmm. the, the leader of that team. So mm -hmm. it's safe to say that Pat Beverly probably is that guy, considering that PG and Kawhi seem pretty mellow and, and not those types of players. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think that is Patrick Beverly's nature. <laughs> I think no, no matter what, no matter where he is, he's he's you know he's you know about accountability and about you know that's just his his way that he is. Um, but. Yeah, last year, I think everyone was sort of just finding their place. It was like this new group, a bunch of new people trying to figure out how they work together, how they fit together. It's, you know, it's a complicated puzzle when you have personalities and, and egos and pressure and expectations and, and you know, competition. Um, um, but Pat Bev is who Pat Bev is. So uh, if it's a matter of, you know, the, the superstars getting more used to him or him getting, you know, more comfortable with this role as somebody who holds even stars accountable, um, you know, and, and a little bit of like, I think Kawhi also taking on some of that role, both, both in Patrick Beverly's absence where, you know, he, he and his teammates talked about Kawhi trying to be more, more vocal with Pat Bevna on the road trip. Um, but just in general this year, I think you, you see Kawhi sort of, you know, being more of a vocal leader, um, and doing his best to do that. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I think everyone's just sort of growing into who they are in this unit and getting used to each other. And, you know, at the end of the day, Pat Beverly is who he is. So 
um, that's going to be his role. Um, whether or not it resonates with everybody, it, it maybe just took some getting used to. Yeah, it's crazy to watch how this team performs with and without him. And he really does bring that energy and just that grit and that don't give a you-know-what when he's on the mm-hmm. floor. You know, it's it's amazing to see what type of player Pat Beverly is. And you don't really see many guys like that, that just give the amount of effort that he does mm-hmm. on the floor every single play. So to have him back is critical. Yeah. And what's interesting yeah. also is I want to bring up Terrence Mann because there was some stuff yesterday after the game about how Pat said, he's my rookie, and if he doesn't perform, you know, then that's on me. This is one of the first times I feel like we've heard that of a player having someone underneath him that he's kind of mentored. I know we had that a little bit with Shea and some of the older guards on the Clippers roster, but this is one of the first times that it seems like, first of all, we haven't seen many rookies and second-year guys actually contribute for the Clippers <laughs> in, in a long time. I said this on the pod. It seems like the last time the Clippers actually had somebody that they drafted that was actually important to the rotation was probably DeAndre Jordan. So you yeah. got to go a long ways back. So Terrence yeah. Mann, uh, what have you learned from listening to the uh, pressers and all that about what the relationship is between Pat Beverly and Terrence Mann and how that's translated onto the floor? Um. Well, I, I, I'll say this for Pat. He, I think he has a lot of rookies, <laughs> young guys. Um, I think, it, I mean, specifically Terrence, you could, you could see his impact and influence on Terrence. Um, and Terrence, of course, is also a, a coach's son. So he, he gets it. He's used to kind of getting feedback all the time <laughs> um, in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, having been in the locker room with Pat, you know, you see him constantly. Like he, his, his uh, locker, at least the last couple of years, was like next to Zubat's. And he just would constantly be talking to Zoo, constantly talking to Zoo. Um, you'd see him before games, like getting Landry Shamit um, last season, you know, locked in and you know, work, you know, honed in. And, and, and Landry, being like the, the serious student of the game that he is, would be like right there with him, like, okay, okay, yeah, okay, you know. <laughs> and um, and I, I don't doubt that that Pat is doing a lot of the same stuff with with Terrence. I mean, and that's what makes him so valuable. I mean, that he gives so much of himself and his energy and his expertise. Um, I mean, you would see him with like Jerome Robinson and giving him pointers or like how to deal with referees or how to deal with, the, you know, this or that or like a whole, you know, like he'll give so much of himself to his teammates. And I think that's why they love him. And and that's a testament to who he is. And, and I think that that's showing specifically with Terrence, who who you can see with his energy and his hustle, like, you know, he, the game is still sort of, you know, it, it's starting to slow down for him, you, you can see, but as so much of it has to do with just the effort that he's putting in. I mean, he's become such a good rebounder, and that's so much effort, and that's so much Pat Beverly, you know, as an example. So, um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool to see that sort of actually transpire and, you know, knowing, knowing <laughs> the root of it being so much Pat. Yeah, no doubt. And he had five rebounds yesterday in 20 minutes. So like you said, that's one thing that goes along with Pat Beverly is he's a very good rebounding guard and he loves to get on those offensive uh, boards as well. And Terrence Mann, by the way, had two of those yesterday. So it's good to see. Curious, do you think that he stays in the rotation when PG comes back? Because it seems like we've seen Ty Lue go nine or 10 total guys. And if you look at who they have, off the bench, obviously, Zoo, Marcus Morris, and Lou Williams are going to stay in there. So you bring mm-hmm. PG back, and that means Reggie Jackson probably off the bench. 
So you wonder Reggie, Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann. Who do you think is going to be the odd man out there? Because it's it's tough to really figure out. Normally, uh, I would say probably Mann, but he's playing so well now. And it may be, I don't know, Reggie Jackson. I don't know how you send him back to the zero minutes that he was facing. And Luke Kennard has that monstrous contract. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? It's going to be interesting for sure. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, if you'd asked me, you know, nine games ago, right? Like we, Reggie Jackson was the odd man out and that, that it was what it was, mm-hmm. you know, um, you're just, but now after he's come in and, and, you know, played so admirably in Pat's place and, and, you know, earned some time, you would think, um, it, it really would be something to go and send him back to zero minutes, um, and just completely eliminate him from the rotation. Um, and you also kind of don't, maybe you don't want to shelve Terrence entirely if you want him, you know, like the way he's playing, you want him to continue to develop both his, his skill and his confidence and, you know, and just every experience he gets out there, he seems to really be, you know, making the most of it. So you might not want to, you know, slow that down. Um, you know, Luke Kennard is obviously not, you know, playing as well as he would like to and as, as the team would like him to. He seems not incredibly comfortable out there. Um, but that's not going to change either if he doesn't kind of have time to get it going. Um, plus, as you mentioned, they gave him a huge deal. So they obviously believe in him and want him to be a part of what they're doing. Um, so yeah, I, it's hard to predict. I mean, I guess Terrence by nature of being the young guy would be the odd man out. Um, but, uh, you kind of don't want to see it either. Yeah, you don't. And that's the thing with the Clippers is it seems like whenever they have youth on their team, they don't really play those guys. And you look at other teams around the NBA and even the good teams, when they have these young guys, they find a spot for them. And it's so interesting with the Clippers because you look at Reggie Jackson, for example, and he's got this really cheap contract and someone that's not going to be there long-term because obviously he is a veteran. And then you have Mm -hmm. Terrence Mann, someone you're trying to groom to possibly be a part of your long-term future. So it's trying to figure out that balance between having the skills and the stuff that Reggie Jackson brings and then Mm -hmm. trying to groom Terrence Mann. And these guys aren't going to get better, like you said, without playing. So it's really tough to figure out. But I got to tell you, I I feel a lot of confidence in Ty Lue because what he's done so far with this team and his ability to look at the analytics and juggle rotations and figure out who to play. I mean, you look at yesterday, I don't know how many coaches – decide, you know what, I'm going to put Nick Batum on Carl Anthony Towns mm. to slow him down because we have two bigs in Ibaka and in Zoo. One of those two guys maybe can do it. But nope, he's like, you know what, let's try and put Nick on there. And Batum, yeah. puts, Batum goes on Towns in the small ball, like you mentioned in your article, and holds Towns to just nine points in the second half. So that is the one thing that I do have confidence in, and that is in Ty Lue figuring this out. That, that's, that's where I am right now. Yeah, Tyler's it's it's pretty remarkable. I mean, sort of what you you heard from like the the Clippers, you know, front office types, um, you know, after Tyler was hired. But he's got a way of both looking at the game analytically and kind of making the right, you know, pushing the right buttons in, in terms of like X's and O's and and kind of scheme and you know strategy and all that. But also blending this like personal touch with it, where you could go like Reggie Jackson analytically strategically you don't fit at the moment but let me sit down and talk to you in a way 
that isn't going to offend you. That's going to empower you. Um, and, and have you be cool with it, which which says something about Reggie too, of course, but, but also about Ty. I mean, how many, how many coaches, how many bosses, you know, can, can do that. And, um, yeah, it, it's been pretty cool to watch actually. Um, and I'm sure hopefully, you know, maybe Ty Lee will write a book someday, like <laughs> Olive Phil Jackson and, and share some of his secrets, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you're right. There's there's definitely cause for confidence among Clippers fans um, that Tyloo will will solve the puzzle. Let's take a quick break from our conversation with Miriam to talk about our friends over at my bookie. The Super Bowl is over, but you still have plenty of different sports to make some money on. Where you bet is super important. That's why I recommend our friends at my bookie. Their rep is rock solid. They've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. It's not just the gaming stuff with NBA, NHL, college basketball, they've got casino games as well that you can have some fun with. Blackjack, it's all there at my bookie. So I want you to go there and enjoy it as much as I do. Up to the minute lines, whatever you need, it's simple. Sign up, enter the promo code HOOPBALL, get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to MyBookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. If you need a little help or even if you don't need some help and you just want to see what others are doing and what they're betting on, our friends at the HoopBall Gaming Division, headed by Devin, do a great job giving out their bets every single day. The podcast is great. They're tweeting out their picks as well, and there is some special stuff behind a paywall as well. So go to MyBookie, tell them we sent you, Enter the promo code HOOPBALL. Get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. How has he been to interact with um, so far this season? Because you you and I talked last year, I think, right before the bubble. And you guys were starting the Zoom thing and how hard it is to cover a team when you're not even there. I mean, the amount of coffee puns that you're getting in your ears that you normally would not get because you're normally traveling with the team. I mean, you must be very blessed with all the coffee puns that you have gotten. <laughs> but but really, it's it's wild covering this team. How has he been to uh, to cover and how's he been with the media? Well, we have gotten no coffee puns that I can think of from Ty Lewis, So that's quite a disappointment. Um but uh, that, that's kind of Brian Stevens' purview. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, he's, he, Ty, Ty's a cool guy. He's, uh, he's you know, good-natured, easygoing. Um, you know, there you know there are similarities to Doc where, like, he does not super forthcoming with, like, injury updates. Um, but that's sort of like a Clippers thing, and you kind of learn to deal with it. Um, but he's, he's um, he, he explains things well, I think, you know? Like, he can kind of, like, explain what what he was you know when he decided to put Nick Batum in the game he gave you know a pretty clear uh, assessment or you know explanation of that um so those moments are really cool you know he's funny sometimes um yeah he's he's like he's just an easygoing kind of guy you see why players um are comfortable with him um uh, you know he's uh he's he's not like the quote machine that Doc Rivers was where like you have to file a pregame notebook and you have no idea what you're going to write about doc will, you know, inevitably give you options because he'll have a story about, you know, anything and everything <laughs> and, you know, would, would expound, um, in, in, you know, a way that very few people can. Uh, so he was kind of a gift in that way, but, but Tyloo as, as a coach and as, as somebody who has to put up with us 
over the, you know, over the screen, <laughs> you know, every day or almost every day, you know, he, he's been, he's been helpful. He's been a kind, you know, he's been good natured and um, yeah, no complaints. I, I see why the guys like him. Yeah. Hopefully you guys are able to uh, be face to face sooner rather than later. I'll be curious to see when they decide to do that um, because starting to welcome fans back in. So you wonder when they start to allow the media uh, to get a little bit more of a firsthand look at these players and the coaches. I mean, it's, yeah. it's tough for you guys, obviously, to do your job. Let's go back a little bit to yesterday's game. And the one player that really has surprised me of late is Lou Williams. And he was really not good, um, to be honest, at the start of the <laughs> yeah. season. I mean, it, it was not the Lou Williams that we have known for the last several years that is up there for sixth man of the year. It's just he was not mm. playing to that level. And whether it was not having Montrez Harrell and not having the chemistry with him in the second unit or just him perhaps not or just being older. And uh, there were some concerns that perhaps he was getting a little older and maybe didn't quite have it, but he does. It, it, he still has it. He's still Lou Williams, shades of Jamal Crawford and, and Jamal continuing to play no matter how old he is. By the way, Lou Williams is not mm. that old. Um, you look at Lou now and Adam Oslin put out this stat yesterday in the last four fourth quarters. Lou Williams has 47 total points. So he is becoming that closer. And Justin Wilson, I talked about this over the weekend. He thinks that Lou Williams should start because he would give a little more scoring punch and give more to the offense without Paul George there. But nonetheless, Lou yesterday, 27 points, five rebounds, four assists, two steals, 10 of 15. What are your thoughts on Lou's play? Because He's obviously going to be crucial for the Clippers with Paul George out of the lineup, and who knows how long that's going to be. There is some fear that, that could be long-term with how other guys have fared with that injury. But mm -hmm. he seems to be back to the Lou Williams that we know and love. <laughs> um, well, yeah, the Clippers hope so, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like as you mentioned, like up until like four games ago, he was averaging like fewer than 10 points a game and shooting 37%. Like that's not the Lou Williams that, that – you know, Clippers fans know and love, as you put it. Um, but, he, you know, I mean, yeah, the questions were, you know, is it just, is he missing Trez? Is he, you know, is he old? Um, how much was the hip bothering him? Because, you know, that obviously was a thing. He didn't look quite like himself. Um, but uh, he, he had a, you know, in his walk-off interview um, last night, he had <laughs> this great line, um, like kind of a reference, a Nipsey Hussle reference. And he said something like, a, a hard time never humbled me. I just keep playing. And I thought like, that's, that's such a veteran mindset, you know, like, you know, he, you're going to go through ups and downs. Like if you're a shooter, like you're going to have slumps, if, you know, if you're like you're a baseball player or a hitter, you're gonna have slumps mm -hmm. and you just got to keep playing and believe in yourself. And, you know, after all this, you know, lose 34, he's been playing balls and, you know, he's been in the NBA, like, you know, how many years now? <laughs> many, many, many. Yeah. Um, and he knows himself. He knows what he can do. He knows what he's capable of. Um, and I have a feeling if Lou didn't have it physically, like he wouldn't be playing, you know? So um, he knows where he is. I think it's just a matter of him, you know, getting comfortable with a, what they're running. And also the fact that he was a little dinged up and he seems the way he's moving seems much healthier now. Um, and he, you know, it, it was a matter of time. It was going to come because this is Lou Williams. This is who Lou Williams is. Yeah, 34 years old, by the way, and uh, it's funny. Look at the basketball reference page. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. They have the nicknames, and yes. so under Sweet Lou, or under Lou Williams, it's Sweet Lou, 
Lou Will, Underground Goat, mm-hmm. which we have absolutely heard before from uh, uh-huh. Adam and Oz. And a new one. Yep. Yeah. And then Lemon <laughs> lemon Pepper Lou. Yes. <laughs> you you got to love that. I'm assuming that is, uh, you know, back to the last year when he went to Atlanta during the uh, bubble. So Lemon Pepper Lou, can, uh, yes. and obviously alluding to the wings for Lou Williams. You got to love that. that that's classic. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's good to see Lou playing the way he is. I mean, the fact that he can still ball the way um, he does at his age and be that part of the offense, it's it's crucial for him to be that scorer because you look at the lineup, and it's interesting. If you were to look from the outside and not really know a whole lot about the Clippers and how these guys are playing this year, you see Reggie Jackson, Pat Beverly, Baca, Kawhi, Batum. That lineup doesn't scare you. Um, where's the scoring punch? But you do have guys that really have filled their roles well. And Batum obviously has been great. Um, Ibaka is starting to come back down to earth a little bit compared to where he was at the start of the season. It seemed like he was a monster fit, and he still he still is. Um, mm-hmm. But only 20 minutes yesterday while Zoo played 17, and that was because obviously they went small. We've talked about how Batum, um, or rather how Zoo has become basically the dude that we expected over the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. Um, curious to get your thoughts on Ibaka. Because he's someone that was a huge steal during the offseason. And you've watched a ton of Clippers basketball, obviously, because you're covering this team for a living. Do you think that he just had a great start and that was something that we may not he we may see again, we may not see again? Is it the offense that you think that's the problem, the defense that's the problem? Because yesterday it really seemed like he was getting roasted on the defensive end. And that was something that was a bit of a concern. It's kind of hard to put your finger on, yeah. um, you know, um, I mean, he, he's, he's sort of an older player as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, how old is Zabaka? He's 31. So I guess he's not that old, but he just, you know, he's, he's got some mileage, you know, he's played deep in the playoffs a couple of times. Um, he, and yeah, he has games where, you know, he just rebounds everything and, and doesn't miss. And then he has games where he, like you said, you know, it depends on, I mean, maybe it depends on the matchup a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, he, I, he kind of looks like a different player in different games, mm-hmm. sort of. Um, um, but he's also, he's a veteran and I feel like similar to Lou, um, he probably has enough of a basis of knowledge of what he's capable of. Um, so it's a matter, probably a matter of him sort of finding his footing with this franchise and, and what his exactly his role is and, you know, um, and then just kind of playing through it until, until it kind of clicks. Um, and he's like a super smart guy. So I'm sure that it will. Um, and I, and I know, and I think his presence alone as that sort of veteran heady guy, um, goes a long way as does his relationship with Kawhi. I think he's helped Kawhi, sort of open up and, and kind of encourage that as well, which I think, you know, is something sort of like an, like a quiet, intangible thing. But I think that's also pretty important mm-hmm. uh, for this, the fortune of this year's team. So he brings a lot. Um, but yeah, I, you know, you'd love to see him, you know, scoring 10 plus, you know, 15 points a night and grabbing boards and blocking shots, you know, <laughs> all over the place. But, um, you know, We'll we'll uh, we'll see if he can find that sort of consistent sweet spot. Yeah, Ty Lue's done a good job figuring out the balance between he and Zoo, and that's good to see. And it seems like Ibaka really is a team player. And if there are nights where Zoo's going off, mm-hmm. then Zoo obviously will get more minutes, 
And if the other way, if, if Ibaka is having a great game, Ibaka will get more minutes. That's the one thing. It's funny. You look at the Clippers and last year, everyone's like, oh, they're so deep. This is team. Their bench is so good. And you know what? It's funny because you get to the playoffs. That stuff doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You know, it's you have eight, nine guys that you trust and you're going to be in good shape. We, I've said this plenty of times in this pod before, and I'm sure you agree. This Clippers team is so much better off this year than it was last year in terms of how they're going to go into the playoffs and how they're going to match up. There's really no weak points on this Clippers roster when you look at offense, defense, and everything that's come coming together. I mean, Zoo in the second unit just helps that defense so much compared to last mm. year and, and what mm-hmm. Trez brought to the team. I mean, God bless Trez. He's a great dude and a really skilled offensive player, but just the numbers showed they were not good when he was on the floor. Do you agree that this team is better off this year than they were last year? Certainly, it seems like the puzzle fits together better, yeah. right? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you know, like the, they addressed the defensive uh, question with the second unit by sticking Zoo in there. Um, and, and he's been great. And, you know, and they leave him in there in the fourth quarter, <laughs> you know, yep. quite often. So that's something that's different, too, um, when you when you need that sort of defensive rim protection. Um you know, uh, but they you know the additions of Ibaka and definitely Batum, of course, um, are huge. I think the way they're, you know, I, Morris and Jackson are more comfortable uh, with their roles this year, which partly is them just being around longer, but also the way Tyloo, you know, presents it to them. You know, I mean, Marcus Morris is coming off the bench. Like, that, I think people we've forgotten about that. Like, that's a big deal. This isn't a normally want to be a bench player, but but he's fitting in where he fits in. And um, so there's a lot of buy-in, but there's also a lot of talent and and it's all sort of being used appropriately. It looks like. Yeah. Hopefully it continues to uh, stay the way it is. 18 and eight, the Los Angeles Clippers continue to be really solid. They're 10 and four on the road. One more game. And that's going to be on in Chicago on Friday before a nice little homestand that you get to cover with uh, Cleveland, Miami, Utah twice, and then Brooklyn. Um, it's the big one, obviously, on Sunday, yeah. the 21st. So yeah. a, a fun week ahead for you, Miriam. Oh, yeah, it's going to be busy. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to – I mean, it's, it's a lot of basketball for these guys. You know, it's like one day – every other day they go and they've got some tough challenges, and uh, we'll see what they're made of. You can follow her on Twitter, Miriam Swanson, M-I-R-J-A-M, Swanson, S-W-A-N-S-O-N, and you can read her in the OC register. Miriam, thanks a bunch for joining us on the Hoopball Clippers podcast. Always my pleasure. I really appreciate it. A big thanks to Miriam for hopping on, chatting Clippers as they pick up that W yesterday and what was nice to see them get back into the win column. And for the Clippers, one more game on the road, and that is tomorrow at Chicago. These two teams faced off earlier in January with the Clippers winning 130-127. to So I'll be curious to see how the Clippers look in that game against Chicago because Chicago's not a bad team. No marketing, which should hurt the Bulls a little bit, but they are relying a little bit more on Patrick Williams. By the way, marketing did not play in that game when those two teams met up in January, but it was Zach Levine who just went off. He had 45 points in that game with 10 threes. So we'll see how the Clippers do defending him. It'll be great to have Pat back in the lineup to defend him, hopefully, uh, Bev, by the way, did play in that matchup, played 25 minutes, had seven points and three rebounds with five assists and three blocks. So we'll see how he does against Levine second time around because he was the star of that show and the Clippers probably played that one a little bit closer 
than they needed to. And once again, it was the third quarter. That was the difference in that matchup. The Clippers actually trailed at the half in that game, but the Clippers outscored Chicago by seven in the third. And you look at yesterday's game, and once again, it was the third quarter that allowed the Clippers to pull away and win that game against Minnesota. They outscored them 33-20 to in the third. So we'll see how they do against Chicago second time around. We'll come back at the weekend and we'll chat about that game. We'll look forward to the homestand because it should be an interesting one where the Clippers take on Utah twice. That'll obviously be the talk of that homestand, of course, the Brooklyn game as well. Um, so we'll have that game against Cleveland. Most likely come back either Saturday or Sunday. We'll talk about that Chicago game or Sunday. Then we'll talk about Chicago and Cleveland. So big thanks to everybody for tuning in. Before we go, folks, I got to tell you guys, Valentine's Day is upon us. We need you to make sure you're ready for wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Two million men are already using Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you are one of them. I know before you have tried to Manscaped and you've had a couple of accidents, whether you're using scissors or something else, we've all been there, and Manscaped is doing something to make sure you are A-OK and not having those accidents. They've got the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. That third-generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is tremendous, reducing those grooming accidents with that cutting-edge ceramic blade. Also, it is waterproof, prevents a mess on the floor, in the sink, whatever you're using, especially in time for Cupid to shoot his arrow. Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your feeling Real good down there. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers, easily the comfiest boxers that I know you will ever have. It's the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the code HOOPBALL20. Happy Valentine's Day from Manscaped. All right, so we'll be back in the weekend. Before we get there, you can always hit me up on Twitter at BD Marcus. Of course, the Twitter handle for the show is at Hootball Clips. If you can rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, would be huge. Give us five star rating. Always appreciate it as we continue to grow the pod. So until next time, I'm Brandon Marcus saying go clips. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.